Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. And April Collins. Hi there. Today we will be discussing the 13th episode of Fruits Basket. How have you been, my brother? Warning, spoilers for everything that has aired up to this point. Some of us have read the manga, some of us have seen the early 2000s version of the anime, but we won't be spoiling anything beyond episode 13. Um, you can find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, the link is in the website, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. All right, girls, tell me. Give me your, there's a lot that happened. It's, tell me, what are your thoughts? on this episode like just general thoughts it was a lot yeah (laughs) it was a lot (laughs) like to be clear he's so extra i kind i loved him though yeah no he's a fun time yeah he so he's my favorite character so i was super excited (gasps) about really he's your favorite oh man like, I had completely forgotten he existed. Like, I he, forgot about him too. Like, people need to understand how it's kind. I'm kind of worried because of how little I remember of this manga. <laughs> like it's been ten years, granted, since I read it, but still, I like it is. It is. It is shocking how little I remembered. And when I saw the screen cap of him, and I was like, "Why is not Yasha on this show?" Oh my god! <laughs> and then I clicked on it, um, and that was a reference to uh, Steve. Uh, he made that comment, and I was like, "Aha! It's true. He does look like Inuyasha." Um, but yeah, and I was like, "Why is he on a show? Who is this?" And then, and then I, and then the sh- the, sh- the episode got taken over, which I feel oh, like really is very did. fitting for his character. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like that's like I felt exhausted by the end, but I'm like I can't imagine him being introduced and not having this happen. Like, it was, like, you're exhausted. It's, like, whenever you have, like, a weekend full of, like, a lot of, like, good activities. Like, you're hanging out with friends and you're doing this and, like, all of these things. And, like, you're exhausted at the end of the weekend. But, like, you're, like, I had a great weekend. So, that's kind of how I feel about this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Michelle, any, any, any kind of general things to add before? Before we dive, dive in. Uh, I, like, didn't expect Yuki to have any siblings for some reason. He just seemed like such an only child. But, like, this makes sense, right? Because if Aya is, like, ten years older than him, then he kind of, like, was an only child in a sense. Because yeah. they were in different... Yeah. They were such different places growing up in their, like, lives. And he didn't really even acknowledge him much as a younger brother when they were growing up. Which is, like, a lot. But I mean, I don't like. I'm now. I'm curious. Like, does Kyo have any siblings? Like, like yeah. I wonder. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm low key uh, like hurt because I was so on the <laughs> ship of like not like ship as in like ship like shipping, but like ship as in like a boat. I was on the yeah, boat yeah. that I was like, okay, like Akito is totally Yuki's brother of in some capacity. <laughs> no, no, they look too much alike. Like, like okay, Toto literally goes like when she sees uh, Ayame, she goes, "Oh, it's like the adult version of of Yuki." Mm-hmm. And I go, "Okay, but like Akito looks more like Yuki. Is this just something that the show is intent is making? Is like it like the way that they're drawn? Is that for I the think audience? That's an accident." 
Oh man. See, I don't, I think I don't it's like accident. I don't like thinking yeah. it's an accident. I like thinking like maybe it was like, oh no, like even like for the characters they look different, but for the audience they want you to think they look similar. Oh. Maybe it was like on purpose, but in the I don't know, this is getting really meta. But they're like maybe <laughs> for the audience they want Akito and him to look alike, but for the show but in the in reality they actually don't. I don't know. I just was really like, oh, they're like brothers and like Akito's like evil and all this and man. He's the evil twin. <gasps> yeah, that could be so cool. I feel like I mean that's to- totally like a trope of like a, a telenovela, which I'm totally down for, but also <laughs> Like, this is practically, like, a, it, this is a drama, obviously, but, um, but yeah, uh, I am it. Like, we open, the episode opens with Yuki and Toru gardening, which, again, squeal. Like, su- like this is Yuki's space. Like his she space. gets so excited about the strawberries. She's so excited. So adorable. <laughs> like, I, so excited. <laughs> and, and not only that, but I think, I think it's, like, really funny how we start in Yuki's safest space. Without Aww. knowing that here comes the thing that's going to make him feel as completely, like, that's just going to make him feel, um, what's that word? It's not unsafe, but rattled. Pun intended, because yeah. get it, rattlesnakes. Oh, okay. Uh. Um, <laughs> but, um... But yeah, so I just thought that was like really cute. And then, you know, it's only been a couple days since the whole like Akito thing. And then here comes the snake slithering up Toru's dress. Which no. that needs to <laughs> poor April. <laughs> that no. needs to like it's interesting because I I it's 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 interesting because I like I am it much more than I like Shigure. Which is but like, there, there's a reason for that, and there's yeah. a reason, and it's why because everyone is calling out. I, I am it gets like no one gives him anything. They're just like, yeah, you, no one gives him anything. They're like, you're ridiculous. You, it's absurd. Like it, the way it's being, um, what's that word? The way that it's being, like, uh, what's that presented? Verb? Presented exactly. It's just it. it it or like gives off a different feel. Exactly. It gives off a different feel because here, like, especially that first time that she it was like, oh, I'm going to go and, like, perv around these high school girls. People maybe made a face. No one said anything, though. They were just like, okay, that's just him being him. With I admit, they're not even being like, oh, that's just him being him. They're like, no, no. Like, you need to stop. <laughs> so yeah. that's maybe not that's the reason why? I thought. No, I totally took it as, like, well, he he's so coded like with like these like kind of effeminate signifiers right. like the long hair is outfit i totally assumed it's because like he's a very you know gay character so the fear isn't that he would actually do anything to her even in his animal form and that's why it's inherently less threatening which is not a good reason right. but that was kind of the vibe i was getting from it okay i mean i can't maybe and maybe it's i, I didn't he- read him like until that scene, I didn't read him as like like I didn't read it as him very being extremely coded as gay. If anything, I was like, oh, this is like, like it wasn't like say Hatsuharu where it was like, no, I'm in love with I'm in love with Yuki. Like he was my first love, and this is like I mean this. It was more yeah. of like okay, like he is in that he was like in this weird space where I was like, okay, well, are you just effeminate or I I don't know, and I'm not gonna make the assumption. And then later he kind of was like. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know if it's even necessary to label him. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, will... it, it's, it's ambiguous the way he talked about Hattori, but if it's got to be anyone, I, I have a feeling he might have feelings for Oh, no, for him. he totally does. Yeah. In that sense, he does. I'm saying in terms of his sexuality, I'm like, I don't know if there's a label for it because he, mm. he does play both. He was, he was totally like, oh, um, like, you know, he, he knows how to play b- – he knows how to make everybody uh, uncomfortable with like. Uh, really, it's like desires. he knows how to be charming. Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, he's like he's very like uh, sex positive. Is the th- is what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm like, he I don't, is. So he's very <laughs> sex positive. Is the best way to say. It. So that's why yeah. like, I'm like I could see him being like fluid in his sexuality. Yes. With mm-hmm. his sexuality, which is, but that's like another, that's beside the point. I do think also <laughs> him and Hattori are a thing. Or like he he wants it to be a thing. Um, yeah. But, but. I, I think yeah. it's also like disarming because he, like, it's going to sound really bad when I say this. And I'm I'm already prepared for this. But like, he had a good and like, it wasn't like he was doing it out of like perversion. He was doing it out of survival. But I mean, that's also kind of questionable. Well, I mean, yeah, because like he literally told, like, I, I don't, I don't like think it was like a sneaky thing he did, but like his whole thing, like, you know, snake will die if it's cold. Like, I think that's a little dramatic, but like, it is true that reptiles are cold blooded. So he's just like, he didn't want to be cold. And so he would rather be on somebody if he could. I think the other, like, I guess supporting evidence of that is that whenever Hattori is a seahorse, he has to be in water. It doesn't matter if it's fresh or cold, but mm-hmm. he still has to be in water. So I'm like, okay, so there's still like something to it. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess I can kind of like see it being slightly truthful, especially given that like Hattori has to be in water. I mean, I, 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 I don't disagree that he, I think yeah. it's truthful that he turned in, he, like, he turns because it gets cold. Yeah. And that makes him sensitive and to the he, cold. But I yeah. don't know if it's like, oh, so that gives him the right to slither up a girl's dress. Well, and, no. Like, no one ever has the right to do that. Unless she wants them to. <laughs> unless unless, she to, to, unless consent is given, then yes. no problem. Which, in the second, in the, the second time this happened, the second time it happens, Consent was given, even though he kind of was like it, it, the way it was portrayed. It's like as if she made it seem like, oh, like you know, he was like you know tell, telling me of how he was gonna die because of the cold. So I was like, sure, why not? Is how is kind of how she described it. But my thing, if uh, just to re- to respond to uh, Michelle's point about how because he was like coded as gay, it was not as bad. I kind of fall into the camp of like I don't care what your sexuality is you shouldn't get into someone's space without their permission. No, like that's what I mean though. Like the show doesn't oh, want us to think gotcha. it's as bad. Yeah. They're like try- they're, that's part of why it's not like it doesn't feel as like uncomfortable cuz like she could I never like he never says like gross up in front of Toru. It's always when he's around like another guy and yeah. they're the ones that are like, I don't know, you're so creepy. You're going to go to jail one day. But like it's different with Aya cuz I feel like for him like the inherent danger isn't really there for Toru, but like with Kyo, you know, when he wakes up and he's in his bed, like he takes that very seriously and he's very upset. And I feel yeah. like yeah. there's just like things that are being said here. And I think it's like interesting because I don't necessarily f- feel the way about it that the show might want me to, but that's because like objectively, yeah, it's still not great, right. but we're not supposed to yeah. see it as a threat. Right. Right. I see. I see. I see. Um, But besides this kind of, 
intro because that I guess that kind of was his introduction, which is like kind of <laughs> yeah. really upsetting. I'm like, but beside that, what were your first impressions of I am it? Kind of a little bit more deeper. Like, for instance, like for me, I was like, he's so tall and his hair is so long and like so he's long. very gorgeous. Yeah. Like, like Yuki, you should grow your hair yes. long. <laughs> absolutely yeah but what were you gonna say april oh just that he like he's very gorgeous and so like i want to be that pretty <laughs> it wouldn't be nice to just be but like, like oh, what would it be like yeah be so pretty <laughs> right? and it appeals to like both of my sexualities so i'm like all right like i'm into this like <laughs> <laughs> like I feel bad for being so attracted to him, but I am. That's why so. don't feel bad. Androgyny is very attractive. Androgyny yeah, is like is. super attractive. It's the best of both worlds. Exactly. So, but no, and I just love like I don't know. I don't like drama or anything like that, but I love like how dramatic of a person he is. It's just really great. Yeah. And like I guess like. I can't, like, 100% relate to him, but I kind of, like, get, like, oh, like, he feels bad because, like, first off, like, him and Yuki are 10 years apart, and he had, he had like, no choice in that. So, like, that's not his fault that they're, they're that separated. Um, but, like, at the same time, um, like, it's nice that he wants to try and, like, make amends and everything like that because he may not have necessarily – I mean, he kind of knew what was going on with Yuki, but, like, it was so outside of his control at that point. Yeah. Like, he couldn't really do anything, and he can't be blamed for that, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys think that he – especially in the beginning, because, for instance, there was, like, for like the first time – like, when he makes, like, that joke of, like, oh, you're a princess, but treats her like a maid, and then Yuki, like, gets angry at him. But then that allows him to, like, take – Toru away to take her on a lunch date and like actually get some alone time with her do you think that he plays up that extraness or at least in the beginning he he used kind of that that image that idea that everybody has of him being so extra and just was like I'm gonna like use this to my advantage and I'm gonna get my way and get a get some alone time with Toru or was it more spontaneous and he's not that calculating um I think it would be great if I thought he was that calculating (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like, I don't know, like, it could have been because it seems like everyone's like very much like seeking out to see Toru because she's kind of like a big deal in the family. So and I mean, I guess he was like truthful in the fact that he said that, oh, like I came out here to check on Yuki, but also I wanted to see Toru. So I I mean, I could see him like calculating it out. Um, And I feel like sometimes people who are that like sporadic and like sort of all over the place are sometimes more put together than they may seem, if that makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, Michelle, do do you take any, do you see any value, like, is there anything worth exploring with the flirting that's going on between Ayame and Shigure? Is it worth talking about or is this just like, this is just funny banter? It's just funny banter, but it also makes me a little like grouchy because it's like, Shigure, look, you have these close people that you, who are your age. Why don't you like maybe start <laughs> with them and they already yeah. like you. It's perfect. Why don't yeah. you Because now we know exactly how old she, like, I know this is not a Shigure episode and I know like all the Shigure doggers are just going to be so mad every time we talk about oh, Shigure. Man. But like, now it's getting <laughs> he's like 10 years older than them. So like, yeah, just fine like 
hook up with Aya and stop like creeping on high schoolers. Problem solved. There you go. Here we go. Nice 25, 26 year old, your own age. Perfect. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Um, <laughs> she does seem like very, very straight though. <laughs> At least from everything we've been. Yeah. Presented. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that, that I, 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 like I agree. He's a tease. He is a tease, yeah. Yeah. But um but yeah, so yeah, we do learn that um Hattori and Shigure like I, I guess Aya was the other one who had that dream where they all cried. Yeah, we thought it was some girl, but yeah. we thought yeah, it was some girl. Boy. But nope, it was it was it was Ayame. Um but so they're they're all ten do you think that they're older or younger than Akito? Oh my god. Oh like because uh, that would be uh, like if they're if they're older, that would be an interesting kind of dynamic of like oh like you're younger but you're like the head of that the head of the house and we have to serve you and blah. But then if he's older, then then it kind of makes like I don't know. It's just you know how we've been theorizing about how like is it yeah. that Akito like chose them and that's how they became the zodiacs? Were they born it? Were like trying to understand the curse of the zodiacs? Um, that would be some interesting information. So, Fruits Basket, please tell us eventually but, where. Yes. So, I feel like that would kind of make sense, though, because if they're – how old were they whenever they all had that dream? Do we like remember? six or they were something? Like, yeah, six, six. seven. Okay. So, let's say that they're six years older than Akito, right? So, maybe Akito, whoever Ooh. he is in this family – Maybe it didn't take until his part was reborn in order for the curse to, like, start. Tr- start. And so that would then oh. explain, like, why they all had the same dream all at the same time. And if, like, all of their transformations started at the same time, that would make a lot of sense. Like, yeah. if Akito is younger than them. Because it takes until, like, that person in the family to be born to then, like, trigger the curse almost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would make that that would make perfect sense. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my theory. It, who knows if we'll ever get it answered? But that's what I, li- I'm I like. I like that theory. I'm yeah. for that theory. <laughs> and well, then, yeah, and that would explain why Akito looks like so close in age to everybody. Like, he yeah, because he's in the like, middle. Yeah, because he's in between. So because he, he looks like he looks kind of like Yuki's age, maybe like a couple years older, but he also looks close to like Shugure and Hatori um and Aya's age too so like like being in the middle would explain that just a little bit right right yeah I can see that I can see that so we learn a lot of things especially during the lunch date between him and Toru 10 years apart we know from Yuki Yuki was quarantined since birth, part and it's like partly because he was sick. We kind of already Akira figured that out. Akira's the other part, I swear. I get, it is. It's like he's the other part for sure. But oh, yeah. so it's it's that question. Like, okay, do you think it's the age difference that's the fault, or is it the separation? Because I often when I meet people who are so lar- have such a large age difference from their siblings, they either fall into two categories. They, well, they, they usually they just become like a second parent. So is was this surprising to you that like they were so that they're so distant? Was it is it because of the age difference or is it because of the quarantine? Is it a mixture of both? Because I've also met some people that because the age difference is so wide, there's kind of this kind of friction that they just don't know how to communicate or something. I don't know. Where do you where do you fall in trying to understand this rift between these two brothers? 
I think it's a mixture for sure. Like I know me and my sister are nearly five years apart and that meant we had a lot of trouble getting along growing up because we were always in different places in life. Like it wasn't until our twenties that we were really able to be like kind of on the same page for the first time. So to me, it makes total sense. Like if it's a combination of like 10 years is a lot, especially when you're a kid, like every year feels like such a big deal because you've yeah. only been alive for like so long, you know? Yeah. So if, you're, if your kid brother is like always sick anyway, and he's so much younger than you, you, you feel like you probably can't relate to him. So I feel like it, it makes total sense that he would just kind of drift in and out of Yuki's life and not really think about it. And I think also for Yuki, it makes sense that he, like, because Toto asked him if he, like, hates his older brother. And he's like, well, it's not that. I just, like, I don't really ever know what he's thinking. Like, he always just sees him as, like, this older, cooler, distant figure that he, like, just doesn't really know on a personal level. And I feel like that totally makes sense, too. Because if you're the younger kid, like, you really look up to your older sibling because, like, they're smarter than you and they're older and they know all this stuff. But if they don't like you or they don't have time for you, like that makes you kind of sad too. And yeah, like like I mean, was saying, like the the rift kind of grows on both sides. Like the longer that happens, like the less you know of them, the more kind of like you don't know if you want to know them. But I think it's great that he realizes as like the older sibling, like it's kind of in his best interest to to try to curb that divide sooner rather than later at this point even if he does it in like a really bad way <laughs> by telling all these stories that are freaking out the poor young teenagers more and more with each crazy story he tells them <laughs> and it's attempt to relate to them at all <laughs> it's like hilarious but like at least he's like really trying now and i think like that's why Toru thinks there's still hope that they could get there eventually right and april yeah. do you april do you think that um um that because we saw that little brief flashback um between like where kind of uh when IMA just kind of pushes Yuki away just physically just creates the space between them is it because he was do you think it's he's partly disgusted by Yuki do you think that like at least when he was when he didn't know any better when he himself as a kid saw him being quarantined and thought there must be something wrong with him or, or like, why is Akito so obsessed with this guy? Like, there's, like, you're weird. Or is it more of just simply, like, I don't know you, get away from me. Like, where, like, what, what do you, what do you, how do you interpret that little flashback? And how do you interpret could, this rift? It could be just, like, I agree that it's definitely a combination of, like, the age and then, like, the whole quarantine thing. Mm. Because, like, we already know that, like, you know, a, Yuki is Akito's favorite, um, for whatever reason, hopefully we find out, but like, like, so there's like that whole side of it, but then there's also, you know, the whole age difference because you have to kind of think about it in terms of numbers is that like, okay, Yuki's six, which means Aya's 16, which means he's going through like, first off, like he's already a teenager with all of those like raging hormones, um, and every, you know, like being in school and all of that stuff. And then like to be a Zodiac member on top of that, like, so like you, like you, he's very distracted, I think. And so like, he didn't like, since there was not ever an opportunity to cultivate a relationship with his brother, like 
it, it, you know, it's probably just like, it was probably a moment, like a lapse of judgment for him to push him away. Um, just because he's probably acting out in some type of way because he's like, huh, this is you, you know, Akito's pet, like, but he's my quote unquote brother, like get away from me, like go away. Um, especially because they recognize like Akito's like a horrible person. So <laughs> like, right. I wouldn't want like, like it's probably a self-preservation thing too. Um, maybe not necessarily because Yuki's sick, because I'm still not like utterly convinced that like Yuki is as like was as sick as a child as like everyone like Akito probably made him out to be. Um, I think that's probably like a manipulation thing. Mm. But um but like like it like for Aya, it's probably self-preservation because like why would I associate with someone who is so closely um, associated with like this horror, you know, this horrible person in my family that causes nothing but like stress and terror for everyone else. Like I, I like, it sounds bad to say, but I don't blame him for pushing Yuki away because like, you, you know, you're 16 and you're invincible, but you're also a Zodiac member. So you're just trying to like get through each day. I'm, I'm sure. Right. I don't know if I buy that as a reason. I think, honestly, like, the age difference is enough. If you're a 16-year-old, having your little six-year-old brother, like, try to cling to you feels disgusting and obnoxious, and you just don't want it, period. Like, I I honestly think it might not have anything to do with him being sick or the the soma relationship i think he's just like he's a teenager he doesn't have time for his annoying little brother because they're that such different ages and he's just like oh don't grab my arm go away you like i honestly think like it might just be that (laughs) that general of a reaction from an older i mean it, it totally could be but like no i like i agree with that too i think it could be either one honestly right do you guys think okay because he um he says that like they've always been distant but mm. did they see each other often cuz that's a diff- because it's different to say like oh we've always we've never been close but that doesn't necessarily mean oh we we've we didn't see each other at all cuz grant yeah he yeah yuki was quarantined but but you know i i'm just curious to about um did he know how horrible Akito was treating Yuki. Like, was this a secret that, like, was this, was it at any point a secret? Or was this just something everyone knew had always been a thing? Or was it, like, did he always, like, realize that Akito was abusing Yuki? Or was it kind of, like, he found out later and then regrets it? Because he does know now that the terror that that Yuki feels for Akito doesn't compare to how they fear Akito. But, like, that, that Yuki has, like, they, well, I guess I should have said it backwards because this implies that they fear him greater. No, Yuki's fear for Alvakito is much greater than anyone else's. So it's kind of like, did, I'm just trying to struggle with the fact, like, here is your sibling. I mean, granted, the family, the Soma family's pretty messed up already. So I'm trying not to apply normal family logic. But <laughs> is, I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my hand around so- how if he had known all this time, like, you, there has to be that kind, like, the whole point of Todu, like, looking, like, being like, oh, my God, he had, like, a brotherly smile. He, like, he, part of being a brother, a sibling is being protective. And I'm just curious, like, where, 
Like, did he, like, if he I, had, I no. Then I, I was going to say, I, I feel like his use of the word distant kind of, like, appropriately says, like, answers that question. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if, like, he had used the word, like, oh, I, like, I didn't really know Yuki. We never really saw each other. If he had phrased it like that, then that would, like, suggest that, like, he, like, he didn't, um, like, he, it, that would just suggest that. I think if he said me and Yuki weren't really close, that would suggest that him and Yuki had a lot of interaction. They just didn't, like, connect. But, like distant is a really unique way to phrase that because it sort of signifies that like I knew my brother existed and I didn't like have the opportunity to be close to him um plus like the whole age thing like definitely like would put in that because again like we keep reiterating like 10 years is a huge difference in age and so like like dis like distant answers that question for me. I don't feel like he really knew because um, I feel like everyone had like felt some type of wrath of Aikido. And so I don't think he knew the extent that it was. Um, but like he wasn't close enough to his brother also and probably didn't see him enough to ha- like form that protective bond over him. Right. Right. Yeah. Plus, it's Akito, right? Like, he, if he can almost blind somebody and nobody stops him, right? Yeah. He he can do other things like this right. without yeah. any repercussions. Totally. Totally. Um, I was just, I'm just, I guess that answered the question because I was just like, okay, like, why did he go to? Sh- I mean, we kind of talked in the pr- previous part about why Yuki went to Shigure, and now that we know he had a brother, it's like, why didn't you go to your brother? But maybe it's because you just never saw him, so he yeah. never had the chance to yeah. go to his brother because mm-hmm. he just, just wasn't available. Yeah. Um, so here's a question. I did. I kind of struggled with 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 understanding some the way that Ayame was trying to explain why he's trying to like make amends with Yuki when he was explaining to Tori. He said like, "I'm not doing this out of regret. I'm doing this out of repentance." And I'm curious what I I just maybe I just don't understand the difference. What? How did you interpret that line? Like, what do you like? Why is he doing it? If it's not regret then why is he trying to, why, like, he said that he's just trying to let his, his younger self off the hook. So, I think, oh, like, no, I think, I, yeah, I think that means that, like, and, and if you regret something, you kind of admit that you can never really fix the, the damage, but you can just try your best moving forward to make as much amends as you can. But repentance implies, like, if you do enough, then maybe you will have reached a point where you can be forgiven for the past. Mm, so, yeah. so maybe that's just, he, he wants to, like, it's like, all right, if I pay my dues and act like a good big brother, that will reach a point where all will be forgiven and the, the slate will be wiped clean. But regret is like, nah, I mean, like, you messed up and you'll always have that, but you can still like do good in the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it, you can't change the circumstances with regret, but with repentance, you can. And I, I think it also, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, um, oh, I had a really good thought and I, like, it left my brain. But I think with, like, regret it's kind of more like you are owning more of your fault in that situation Mm. whereas like and but like you have no real intentions or 
see that or feel that there's no opportunity for like forgiveness or to make amends. Whereas like repent is like you are looking to make amends and repair like the damage that's been done. Or at least that's kind of how I'm interpreting that. Is that like, like if he just regretted it, it would just be like him like accepting that's what happened. And then like that just moving on, whereas he wants to make amends. It, which is more so like he's trying to fix like the broken relationship or, you know, like the damage done. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, the whole thing of like, you know, he in a way he because it's interesting how he kind of because he's not saying he, it's not that he doesn't want to admit he's wrong. It's all he just it's interesting because he's he wants to show compassion to his younger self. In that yeah. it's like you were a teenager, like yeah. what, like you couldn't mm-hmm. have been perfect, like. But at the same time, so it was interesting, like when when Toru kind of started going, like you know, like you, like you, yeah, you were a teenager, but don't forget of how you were as a teenager, and like that's why, like the little, the, I kind of like just couldn't really understand how she made that jump and being like, because I was like, wait, but when did he say that he did couldn't that he was like completely separate? But um, let's talk about that wisdom that Toru kind of instilled on him. Uh, she basically says, you know, like, you can do this. It's not too late to make amends. Um, like, even if it, if you failed, like, it's okay. Uh, and, you know, and, tell, and tries to tell him to not forget about how he fell as a child because that he could use to meet Yuki in the middle. Um, meet him halfway. But, um, how did you guys feel about her, her, the moral of the story, of, of the episode, which is her story with her mother once again? Um, what did, did you... Find it as as touching as previous ones, not to play, not to compare it, but what what did you think and, and how it unfolded? It's not my most favorite like wisdom, I guess, but I do think it like it's really good advice, especially given the like the situation, um, because and I think she's also addressing the fact that like there's that age difference between them, and so she's like, if you want to like reconnect with him, just like kind of like think about like how you felt at that age because they're not going through the exact same situation, but I'm sure they're going through something similar. And so that's like the best way, you know, that's one, like one of the ways people naturally connect is whenever is going through hard times. And so, yeah, you're not going through it at the same time, but like you still went through it. And so that's a good way to like form that bond. So I think that's really like, pretty solid advice actually like I think that's like great parenting advice too like especially like if you're you know an adult and you have a kid who's going through like puberty or like they're a teenager or something like that because we were you know if you're a parent obviously you were at that age at some point so like you just kind of have to put yourself back into those shoes situation so I think it's it's good but I do like that she was just like oh like I don't want to like overstep my boundaries I think that's very respectful on which she's always like super respectful of people because she you know she's um I wouldn't say that she's like super quick to give advice but like she always gives good advice when she does and um but again not everyone may want that advice so that's just I don't know 
Toru's just being the best girl ever. So <laughs> Right. What but I I I he she's working so hard. I'm like, yeah, oh, you need a break. You need you need you need you <laughs> need like more people stop coming, then she can have that break someday. <laughs> I'm well, just like, we've how many Zodiac members yeah, left? Like, most of them still. <laughs> like she keeps on giving, and I'm like, when is someone gonna give you something? You know, you need to let people give you stuff. Um, but Michelle, did you did you feel that this part of the episode because you the show has its moments of being very exposition heavy Mm -hmm. but did you feel it more forced in this episode than in other ones because at least for me i i thought he's just like laying out his entire life story to her and they just met and and i mean granted he must have like heard stuff about her obviously because the entire soma family apparently knows about toru but did you feel it was the the just in terms of how the scene and just the episode itself was structured? Did you feel it was a bit forced? This kind of scene and this exposition that was given. I think the first time you see it, it can feel that way a little bit. But I think the thing that stops it from feeling that way too much is by the time we get towards the end, where he's like trying to implement Toru's sage advice. Right? She's like, right, you're where you are in your life. Yugi's where he is. You can't meet him all the way, but you can meet him halfway. I think that's practical. It seems pretty reasonable. Halfway, you can do that. He's like, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna try. So he, yeah, he starts talking. He's trying to be like, okay, where is Yuki right now? He's in high school. I was in high school. Let me tell him about the stuff I did in high school. And that's where it's like totally just doesn't work out because the kind of personality he has is totally shocking these poor children. And it's not something Yuki can really relate to, even though he assumes it will. You get the sense while he's telling the story that, like, he kind of wanted to tell it anyway. I think Kyo has a line where he's like, he just wants to talk about himself yeah. or something. <laughs> like- I think he has this sort of personality where he he he's very extroverted. He likes to tell stories. He, he doesn't mind being the center of attention. And that's why he's a really good student president. Um, so it's not a stretch knowing that later that he would be comfortable talking a lot about himself to Toru. One, because Toru is just a really good listener, so she gives him the space to do that. And two, like, he, he, he's not like Yuki. Like, I think it took Yuki a long time to share stuff because that's his whole personality. I feel like his brother is very opposite and he's a lot more comfortable sharing things. So I think, like, after I watched the whole episode, when I went back the second time i was like oh no okay like it makes sense that he would tell her like that's, that's kind of his personality yeah. he'd yeah. be more comfortable so i buy it yeah. for sure yeah i could see that yeah you, you convinced me because um, <laughs> you're right and we're, we'll talk about those stories but something just very quickly i'm starting to notice how much alike i am to yuki because i just get in very i don't like being the center of attention and i don't like when like I don't like it when like I don't even like people singing me happy birthday like I don't like it so the fact that you if you have if you and I feel like just based on this episode and previous stuff like you maybe Yuki is forced to deal with being the center of attention and that isolates him and we know the repercussions of that but having someone who's so unabashedly unashamed of anything and mm-hmm. like will talk about all the all the all the subject all like the most things that like society tells you that you need to like keep hush hush he's like nope sex positivity embrace everything and yuki's just like what are you doing you're drawing attention like i could i i now understand yuki a lot more um but let's talk about king lulubara let's let's talk about this 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 king that supposedly is how he how 
I uh, just got, was able to get by with the length of his hair. Because this story was ridiculous. This story was wonderful. I mean, you you both do understand what I'm, who I'm referring to, right? Yes. Yes. Because okay. you were you were saying, I was like, wait, like, did they not? Did they forget about this guy? <laughs> I just like don't get how the the school guy could be so obsessed with like, ah, oh, your hair color is not up to code and it's too long for our dress code. And he like doesn't care that his eyes are literally like yellow. Like, how are yellow eyes in the dress code of the school? I don't. You know, you're right. You're right. But I mean, maybe this this again. And like we see this often with anime. Sometimes, sometimes, like for instance, Sailor Moon is the most obvious example. You have this girl with blonde hair, blue eyes, but no one's like acting like she's. Everyone does. No one's calling out like, why do you have blonde hair and blue eyes? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like maybe it's just meant for for us to for him to stand out. But they do reference the hair. I don't know if the eyes are. I mean, it would make sense. If they reference the hair, then the eyes should also be But what are they going to make them do? Like, put in con- Like, you need to wear contacts. Like... Yeah. To- Maybe they think it's contacts. And they're like, take out the contacts. It's like, dude, they're not. He's and like, I you can't, know. man. They're my only prescription ones I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, never yeah. mind. You Just know, sit and there I, and yeah. poke yourself in the eye until they believe you that, like, <laughs> oh, it's that's real eye color I kind of, what I really like is how at first when he started telling like the story, I thought, oh, this is like the snake charm. You know how sometimes snakes have this kind of like, you like, um, Uh, you you know, a lot of people have, you know, make this assumption that snakes can sometimes be hypnotic. You know, they mm -hmm. can just like hypnotize you, mesmerize you and get their way. So I was like, oh, maybe this is the moment. And it's like, no, he just talked so much that the guy just <laughs> the got guy tired. The guy had to run away. Yeah, he was just like, yeah. yeah, you can have it. Just leave me alone. I'm busy. <laughs> well, that just shows you guys confidence is key. Confidence is everything. You it can really sell anyone is. on anything. That's literally um, how he became president. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And then we have the story of the school trip. And I don't, I'm, I am so shocked that I, I'm really shocked that I don't remember him because I feel like I was at it was at that point where if he in the manga he said I am a bottom screaming that out loud I yeah. should have remembered wow. that I feel like that should have been something I I don't know it's like shocking but like when I saw that when I heard him say it like I just the the I the cackling could be heard through the walls. <laughs> I couldn't breathe for a couple seconds. It was the funniest thing because I just was because I knew that's where he was going, but I did not <laughs> expect it to that degree. He just like <laughs> straight up and said it. Like there was nothing no like confusing back. or yeah, he wasn't holding back. He just said it in the plainest language he could. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I love that. <laughs> Everyone was mesmerized in the room yeah and i mean i was not gonna lie i was a little worried i was like oh god like it's like an underage kid going to the pleasure district like this is where are we going with this because i'm already nervous because of shigure and then and she would already be like we're bored of that we've been i'm like i'm ignoring that you know it's like that already like dude saying that means like so many sketchy things you've already done yeah but he but that's my question. I'm like, did he think that, or is it like, did he actually say that out loud? You know what I mean? I'm like, I can't we didn't tell. see his lips. We didn't yeah. see him. Yeah. So I'm like, is this just you being like Shigure being Shigure, which is annoying. Um, and then 
I was worried, but then the fact that he turned around and be like, do you can do it all on me. I am a bottom. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, dude. okay. <laughs> like, all right. All right. Like, own it. Own it. You're owning it. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Yuki's reaction, like his face, just being that like. That was so funny. He has this like little smile. He's like, get out. And they just keep saying it in the background. He's so done. He can't handle any more stories. <laughs> And and Toru just being like, oh no, oh no, I was like, because Toru is like entire like cheer from cheering to like meltdown of like, oh no, um, which is really funny. And then we get the we we get the appearance of Hattori. He comes in, Hatsuharu. Ha, um, oh, by the way, Ayame lives outside. We learned this from from Momiji and Hatsuharu yeah. that. He lives. Who lives inside? I like my don't. question. It's, maybe it's just right? Akito and his creepy room. He kept Yuki in for all those years. Maybe the what only about Kagura? Like, is she inside? Oh no! Oh, our worst maybe in the Zodiac. She she might be outside too. I don't know. I mean, she couldn't. I don't know. She wasn't allowed to live with them. So I'm like, well, then who are you allowed to live? Like, where are you? Where do you live? She Kagura? has to like, be living inside. Yeah, I feel like every time someone like lives outside, they make it a point to tell us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like Mommy G lives inside. Inside. Right? Yeah. Same with Hattori with Hanu. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, oh man, like who? I don't know. Every time someone, I'm like, well, and who lives inside? If everyone we know lives outside, but um, but yeah. So Hatori arrives. Hat Hatsuharu like noticed that Yuki was on edge and called uh, Hattori uh, yeah called Hattori to go pick up Ayame <laughs> and what did, what did you what do you what do you make of this relationship because it is and this is why I'm like always so frustrated <laughs> with like the word ski which means like but it's like it could mean like it could mean like like yes, it could mean love yeah. it's a very ambiguous term and I hate that even if we have a character screaming, I am a bottom, and I still can't confirm nor deny it. Like, I can't, com- I'm like, what I can are still, you? Some, come, someone could still wipe away being like, oh no, he's straight. And then I'm just like, <laughs> it's very frustrating. But what do you make of like the Hattori and IMA relationship? I think it's adorable. Because I, I just love that like, this like very like stiff it's man. Tra- <laughs> stiff. Well, Hattori is the stiff man. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I was, well, I was gonna say, I love that, like Aya, someone who's uh very excited and um, I had, a, I had a better word, but um, vibrant. Yeah. Like Hattori comes around and he like reins it in and like, <laughs> but like he reins we'll it in just him. enough to be like obedient. So he's like. He's like, like, Hattori's like, we're going home. And he's like, I'm going home. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's my idea. It wasn't his. I want to go home. Yeah, like, you go home. (laughs) Like, hey, I mean, you go home. (laughs) So I think that's just like, I just think that's adorable that he, like, clings to him just that much. It's, it's a, I like it. (laughs) Here, here, before, uh, Michelle, before I, um, I get your thoughts on this. Where was, where was I? I am in during the whole episode with Hattori and 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 his girl. Like oh. you would think, if they're besties, if they're so close, then he would have been around. 
I feel like probably right. It just wasn't in those flashbacks that Tony held on to Titus. Or idea, he couldn't bear to be around them because he's in love with Hattori. I don't like this trend of the actual gay characters always liking people who are straight. Like that's not. I I know. It's frustrating. It is indeed. Mm -hmm. It is. I I I don't like that. It's frustrating, but um. But yeah, so what do you think, um, Michelle? Like, so you don't like the Hattori? Uh, no, I mean, their their actual relationship's great. It's just like the little current of like of Aya, so I'm like maybe wanting more. That makes me sad. But yeah. like th- their relationship for what it actually is, their friendship seems to be very important to both of them. They're right. they grew up together at the same age. Like all three of them, Shigure made that weird promise or whatever. They had some sort of you know, intense discussion at the age of six about right. something and it made them sad and Shigure went his way and the other two guys went their way about it. I'm sure we'll find out what it is eventually. But I mean, so like they, they all have a kind of weird bond to get, like not weird in a bad way, but just like they have a special intense. bond. Yeah. They have a intense. unique bond. They're, yeah, unique bond. They all have very different personalities, but they play off of each other very well and they have this shared history and I think all oh, that's great. So, yeah. I mean, and honestly, like, w- when they were talking together, it kind of reminded me of how, like, so, like, the next gen really is, like, Toru, Yuki, and Kyo. Like, they're the new yeah. three, same age, going through crazy Soma stuff. And it's all kind of repeating in a different way. And that's, like, kind of nice, like, that they'll have something similar but different from what their elder, mid-20-year-old guy friends will have. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So, like, I'm for it in general. It's just, like, I wish, like, every one of these poor gay men can find someone else who's gay <laughs> and can love them back. That's all. Right, right. How – okay, so then let's talk about – because you're interested that you make that that parallel between, like, the different generations – the characters themselves make parallels amongst each other. Mm-hmm. So we have Ayame making a parallel between Hattori and Toru and what they mean to him and Yuki. So I'm like, okay, like Hattori is like, likes Hattori. I mean, like, Ayame likes Hattori. So it's like, will you, like, will Yuki, like, is that, like, was that what you're saying? Is that, like, the type of relationship? And it's like, wait, but does that mean that it's going to be the relationship that could have been but isn't? Like, what does that mean? Like, what do you take from that parallel? And then we have this other parallel, (laughs) which is Yuki being in the parallel between Hattori and Kyo, which is like, wait, so then it's, like, about, like, the progress of, like, oh, like, look how different they are, but they're still being able to meet halfway. So it's, like, well, technically, Toto's the one making the parallel between Yuki, uh, between Hattori and Kyo. And then we have also, like, internally, it's, like, okay, is he refer, is Yuki thinking about, like, his relationship with his brother and paralleling that with Hattori and his brother? Or is it with Kyo? Like, there's just so many parallels, and it's, like... How what is what does this tell us about the possibility of the Yuki and Toru romance coming into fruition? Is all I care about. Like, like tell the, me what is oh. somebody made it back to us. <laughs> how does this all relate? Is my question. I mean, it's fine. I know I give Kill a hard time, but also, like, tell me what are your thoughts uh, about which part? Oh, yeah, I there's a know. lot there. <laughs> all of it, all of it. Okay, like let's, the the parallel okay. that that I am in makes between Hattori and Toru like, I, is that accurate? What do you think that says about Toru and Yuki's relationship? I think that it's a really good comparison because 
It seems like Hattori really grounds Ayami and Shikure in the same way that Toru grounds like Yuki and Kyo. So I think that's like a like that comparison and that parallel makes a lot of sense um, to me at least. So I really like that one. Um, the parallel between Hattori and Kyo. I don't know if I see that one as much. I mean, maybe in the fact that they're both really reserved. So, yeah, I can see that one just a little bit. Uh, but in terms of, like, the relationship, I think it's just good. I think, like, Ayami's comparison is, like, is really good in terms of, like, the friendship between the three of them. Yeah. Um, like, like I, I, I kind of have like obviously like we're all Team Yuki. Um, I'm I'm still a little bit Team Kyo, but um, like I like the idea of like in the end all three of them are friends versus like someone having to end up with each other. Like I think yeah, that's a that really would be good. the ultimate. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's exactly what Shigure Hatori and Ayame have. Like right, like they're all yeah. they're all very close friends. None of them are paired off. Yeah, they, they but they are always in each other's lives, and they're very important people in each other's lives. Yeah, right. So I like right. I like that end game for our tree our main trio. Yeah, yeah. So do, do, Michelle, do you see? Because really, I, I guess, like, the, the, the parallel between, like, Hattori and Kyo is more like, oh, it's possible to have fr- a friendship with someone that's so different from you. Yeah, so exactly. more That's the parallel, I guess. It's not so much that they're alike, but more like, oh, the fact that Ayame can meet the other halfway. What does it say? What is this for? Does this foreshadow? Was this meant to foreshadow the Kyo-Yuki relationship and, their pro- and that progress? Or was it supposed to foreshadow the... I am a Yuki rift and the and whether or not it diminishes. I mean, it could be both though. I think right, um, it could be both. The, the nice thing I like about what Yuki says about his brother is like, well, like, I, I still like feel weird about him, but I will admit like the fact that he can admire Hatori for having qualities that he, he wants and see that's a good thing. Like, I think that's great. Like, I think that's that's a great thing for him to say. One, because he has complicated feelings to his brother already, and he can admire, like, he can acknowledge a good aspect of his brother's character. That's that's progress. But two, like, we, we've already established that a, a part of the rift between Yuki and Kyo is that they're jealous of each other for having things that they both wish they had in each other right. in the other person. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing it as a good thing that they want to learn from that person, they see it as, like, a thing that they just lack and feel kind of, like, bad about it. So right. I feel like if, if if they could both shift their attitude instead of thinking, like, oh, like, you know, Kyo gets along with people so much better, or Yuki's good at everything, they're thinking, like, wow, I really admire how Kyo gets along with other people, and Yuki is good at things. Maybe the, I can learn to be better at that thing from the proxy of them, and they can help me. Like, that's the shift that needs to happen for them to become friends and to turn all that like rivalry into constructive growth on both sides. So like I would hope that would be the the foreshadowing that would happen with them. If they're going to be friends like I feel like that's how it has to happen. It's a long road ahead. There's a yes. lot. It's it's <laughs> a there's a lot. <laughs> there's so so much so much left. Um So do you guys have any closing thoughts on this episode cuz I think we covered most of it. 
Um, I'll say that I, I really like how Saki was just like, oh, so he has like a a men's pleasure shop or whatever it was. Oh she, she referred my god! And I guess she was straight up about it. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's my big. That, that's my closing thought. That Saki remains be remains. She's being a queen, so and she's awesome. What it is? She has no illusions. <laughs> nope, nope. Um, but what about you guys? Any any last minute things you want to say before we finish off? No, just that I like. I enjoyed this episode. It was fun. Yeah, and I love Ayame. So, <laughs> no, he's he's gonna be fun to have back. I'm I definitely have warmed up a lot more to Haru this time around. Cause he, yeah. he did a really good thing for Yuki. Like he he's been a lot more chill, and I think like I can appreciate his dark side more when we get a lot more of his like light side. Mm, yeah, because yeah. then it doesn't feel so like wait, what's happening? Are you always terrible? No, it's just sometimes, and it's <laughs> it's fine because he does nice things for Yuki, and that's good. And he was very he was a good friend to him this yeah. episode. And that's that's a lot. So good job. And Way Yuki's to go. To, yeah, to go. Yuki, Yuki thanks him. So yeah, he's he learning to express himself. Yeah, to someone who's yeah. not Toru, that's also great. Yeah, that's progress. Finding his friend circle. So exactly. proud. Very Our proud. babies are growing up. <laughs> Which also, by the way, am I the only one who's noticing, like, if we compare Yuki in the first episode to Yuki now, he's growing. Like, oh, he's taller. Oh, he seems oh, like, yeah. he seems bigger, right? I'm not, I'm like, I'm not the only one who thinks that he looks bigger. No. Okay. I think he, he's yeah. standing taller with confidence Ooh, in himself. Yeah, yeah. I just I just find it I just love when you when shows show start showing characters age. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like because mm-hmm. it's so tedious, you know, to animate that and make in going out of your way to make those details come through. So it's like I really appreciate the show for that. But yeah. All right, well, that does it for us. Um, you can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Sam, a.k.a. Suitcase Sam. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.